about getting our tongue healed for about the last couple of weeks, hadn't we? And so we're going to continue in that vein tonight, but with a little bit different slant on it, and uh, uh, get continuing to get our tongue healed. We've been studying from the book of Proverbs that says that uh, that a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, amen, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit, or in other words, a break in our hedge. When we have a wrong talking. Wrong talking can put a break in our hedge, but a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Amen. Praise God. So, and actually that word, a wholesome tongue, we found out in the Hebrew actually means the healing of the tongue is a tree of life. Hallelujah. We got a tree of life. Amen. Available to us because we got, we speak it right out of our mouth. Amen. So we're studying that. I want us to go over tonight to James chapter three, and we're going to begin in verse two. And look at some uh, scripture here. But before we get started in that, I want to kind of, like I said, I told you I was going to go a little bit different direction tonight. Actually, the Lord dropped down in me a kind of a different direction as we were praying in the prayer room this morning, in this morning's service, before this morning's service, and talking about to me about God wants to use our mouth for harvest. You know, the first thing God said to me this morning, I, w- I woke up this morning and I then I went back to sleep, and when I woke up the second time, I was kind of, you know how you're kind of there and you're not, you're kind of awake, but you're kind of not, you're kind of in that zone or something, you know, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, the, no, he didn't say, I heard the Holy Spirit say, harvest is coming in, harvest is coming in. I heard him say that. And so we got to the prayer room, and in the prayer room, when I meet with, uh, you know, I pray with some people before the service, but actually there was just one other one this morning, and uh, it was Leanne, and I always ask them, I say, what do you have that we're supposed to pray about this morning? And we listen to the Holy Spirit, all of us, and we all contribute what we know we're supposed to pray about this morning. And uh, she said to me, she said, the Lord spoke to me and said, um, it's uh, time to go fishing. And wasn't talking about out at the Black Warrior, y'all. Uh, or on Lake Tuscaloosa. But time to go fishing. And uh, a sc- the scripture for that was in John. I forget what that scripture was. John 21, 6. Let's read that tonight. Because this is important to what the message is tonight. So He's told me harvest. the harvest, the harvest is, com- is coming in. And then told her it's time to go fishing. John 21, 6. It says, And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. And they cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Amen. Time to go fishing for souls, for people, for the harvest. Amen. James chapter 5. We're in James 3, but just keep holding your finger in James 3. But James chapter 5 says, Be patient therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth. For the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it until he received the early and latter rain. He's talking there about harvest. Remember, and I like to use the word faith there, because the Bible says with faith and patience you inherit the promises. So instead of patience, let's put faith. Be, have faith, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth. We're supposed to be in faith about the harvest. Amen? And, and God's been waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. You know God could have wound this thing up a long time ago, but He's getting everything He can out of the earth. 
You know, when all this is over, when you know you've heard that this earth is going to pass away and all those things, when it's over, God won't be able to get any more kids. So he's postponed it. He's waited. He's waited. He's waited and waited and waited, getting as many kids as he could get. He's been, he's been populating heaven. For thousands of years, he's been populating heaven. Oh, he could have come way back. Amen? Paul and them, Paul, when he walked the earth and wrote to us in Thessalonians, he, they thought he was coming right then. They thought it was right then, didn't they? But he's been waiting. He says he's been patient. He's waited. What's he been waiting for? The precious fruit of the earth. He wanted more kids. Now, some of you understand that when you just have, maybe you don't have any kids and you're like, I want to have kids. I remember when I was in high school and I thought, of course, I was a, I, we were raised Baptist and, and we were taught that Jesus was coming back from a fear standpoint. And so I was afraid of Jesus coming back. I didn't have any faith for it. And I, but I always thought he was coming back soon. And it's like, oh God, don't come back. Jesus, don't come back. I was saved. But it's like, don't come back till I can marry Michael Billings and have kids. Because I, see, we were dating. I wanted to get to marry him before Jesus came back. And then I remember when Colin was born. We had him. It was like, oh, poor Colin. He'll never even get to go to kindergarten. I really, I thought he wouldn't, I thought Jesus was going to come back and that Colin would never go to kindergarten. Well, he got to go. Amen. He got to go to kindergarten and he got to go all, he, you know. So, um, but God's been waiting for this precious fruit of the earth. See, he could have come back. Paul and them thought he was going to, and he could have. But he wasn't satisfied. He wanted kids. And then I remember, you know, we had Colin and he got to be about, you know, when we first had him and, and when he was getting up in the night, it was like, we don't want any more kids. Not for a long time. But then, you know, I, after they start sleeping all night, that's when I think they're, they're really, that's, that's when life gets cool again, you know. And um, I, all of a sudden, it's like, we weren't satisfied. We loved him, but we weren't satisfied. You know what we wanted? We wanted more kids. We did. And some of you are like that. You had one, and then all of a sudden, you're not satisfied. You want more kids, right? Amen. That's that father. We got the heart of our father in us. And sometimes people, I don't know, I don't understand this really, because after I got two, it was like satisfaction just welled up in me big. I mean, it's like I was so satisfied. I wanted a little girl. I wanted a little girl. But when after I had two kids, it was like I didn't care that much about having a little girl anymore. I was so satisfied. It was like I was so satisfied I didn't have to have that third one. And, and I kind of had this inkling because... Michael's dad is one of three boys. Michael is one of three boys. And it's like, I'm seeing a pattern here. I'm seeing a pattern here. And it's like, I know what's going to happen. And, you know, I didn't have any, you know, and it's like, I see this pattern. And so I'm satisfied. Amen. And so that's how father is. It's like he hadn't been satisfied. So he's been postponing coming back. He postponed it. He pushed it way out in the future. I mean, not way out for him, but way out the way we look at years, because he wanted more kids. Amen? He wants the precious fruit of the earth. And he's fixing to do something really big about getting a bunch of kids. Amen? He's going to bring in a massive harvest. Amen? And he wants to use our mouth for harvest. 
Amen. Now let's read in James chapter 3, verse 2. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. Now right there he says, if you can get control of your words, you can bridle or you can control your whole body. You can take care of disease, you can take care of all sorts of things, but you gotta get it, you got to get it here in control of your mouth. Okay, now we're going on, verse 3. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. See, the Word of God is the bit we put in our mouth. We put the bit of the Word of God in our mouth, and then we turn our body with that bit that we put in our mouth. We change the circumstances in our body or in our life by the bit of the Word of God that we put in our mouth. Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Whichever way you want your life to go, you'll turn it with your words. You can turn situations around with your words. Now, it doesn't, you know, my car, I like to drive my little car because I can turn around on a dime. You know, I can just whirl around in parking lots and turn around and I can park so easy. Now, we had a Suburban before this and, you know, to park, you had to back up three times. You know, you try to turn, then you back up, then you try to, you turn a little bit more and then you back up getting straight enough to park. You can't turn very easy in a Suburban, but I tell you, a ship, and a ship is very, it takes a long time to turn a ship around. See, most Christians, they get to confessing things, and when things don't change immediately, they give up. But you've got to keep on, because you've been having your ship go one direction maybe for 20 years, maybe 30, maybe 40 years. You've been taking this ship in one direction, and then you begin to speak the Word and start trying to turn a situation. It's going to take a while to get that ship turned around and going the other way. It takes a while to get the... When you start putting prosperity in your mouth to get your finances turned, but I promise you they'll turn around. Amen? It will turn. Don't give up. Amen? Now we're in verse 5. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great of matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body. See, their tongue can mess up our whole body, can't it? And, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and, and, it's, and, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. No natural man can tame his tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. If you don't get your tongue sanctified, it's full of deadly poison. Your tongue will kill you if you don't get it sanctified. Amen? That's what that means. Verse 9. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Verse 11. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. That is very important right there, that verse 12. No fountain can both yield salt water and fresh. If we don't get our tongues healed, God can't use them for harvest. 
Because you can't bring forth fresh water and salt water out of the same mouth. God won't use your mouth. He won't use your mouth for harvest if you don't get your tongue healed, cleansed. Amen? Okay, we'll talk about that a little bit more. So we're getting ready for harvest. God wants to use our mouth for harvest. He wants to give use our mouth for witnessing, to get the harvest in Father's barn. He wants to use your mouth. Now, I'll tell you, we prayed for boldness. How many of you know we've prayed for boldness where it comes to witnessing? Amen? Amen? And... Uh, I, there's a super, there's boldness. There's people that are just bolder. You know, there's people that are quieter. They don't say much. I know I've got uh, one son that is really quiet. People say he talks less than anybody I've ever seen. He's just on the quiet side. Didn't take after anybody in our family. I don't know where he got that. Uh, I'm telling you, I come from the biggest loud mouth family. I do. I do. I mean, <laughs> I do. I mean, my my grandmother. You could, you, she could call you on the phone, and and I could be talking to her, and you could have heard her back there, Gail. You could have heard her on the phone. I mean, and it was not. It you know, I'm, she was a great woman. She was the fun. People loved her. She had a lot of friends, and but and she has thirteen brothers and sisters. And I promise you, especially all the girls, every one of the girls is just like that. When Michael married into her, our family and we took him the first time, he was scared. Those women scared him, you know, because they were just loud. And, you know, and so, so there's that kind of boldness where people are just naturally more outgoing. They speak their mind, we might say. They say what they think, even when it's not they shouldn't. You know what I mean? We're kind of like that in our family. Say what we think when we shouldn't. Amen. Have to do a lot of repenting for it sometimes. I mean, I'm talking about me and my side of the family now. Not talking about pastor. His family actually is a little more closed mouth and doesn't say what they think. They just kind of seethe on the inside, kind of, you know. And so we've kind of had discussions about which is better, you know. Uh, some boy, we're hitting nerves over here. I mean, I amen. So... Uh, um, but anyway, there's that kind of boldness. But, you know, when we pray for boldness, that's not what we're asking the Lord to do for us. Not to, We're not asking Him, God, you know, take me and make me a more uh, outgoing type person. Make me more outspoken. Make me more uh, to say my mind. We're not really, we're not asking God for that. That's what I realized this week. What we're asking God for is for a supernatural boldness to take us over and for the Holy Spirit to use us and to speak through us. Well, I want to tell you something, family. The time for that is here. It arrived. And it's more than bold. It's aggressive. It's aggressive. And it has nothing to do with us. Now, I'll, I'm going to be real honest with you tonight. I'm not really a very bold witness. I mean, I, I'm very bold to speak, but I'm just talking about if I'm out in the marketplace somewhere, I don't just walk up to people and start sharing my faith or, or telling them, you know, witnessing to them. I just, I just never have done that. I just never have had any, you know, whatever to do that. And I've often felt like kind of funny about not doing it. Like, well, you know, I, and then, you know, I'll go to the checkout stand and invariably, I don't know why this happens, but when I check out at groceries and Walmart and Kmart, they always tell me, oh man, I have got a busting headache today. And, you know, and, or just something, you know, you know, they'll tell me, man, I feel lousy today. And it's like, you know, I've thought, 
you know, maybe I should say something, but it's just like nothing comes. And so I just sort of look at them and think, y'all take two aspirin, you know, or something. You know, I mean, you know, and I know Jesus is the healer. I know God loves them. God wants to heal them. God doesn't want them in pain. I know that. I preach healing. But I'm just telling you that it's not in my natural self. I don't just do that. Okay? Well, I was yesterday, um, did something I don't normally do and hope I never have to do again the rest of my life. But I, and I didn't want to do it. I, I really did not want to do this. I tried every way in the world, really, not to do this. I canceled it in my heart several times. I thought, oh, God, Debbie, just call Hannah home. Just call Salvation Army. But I had a garage sale. It was like the Lord, it was like he wanted me to. You know, and these things are like work. Have y'all ever noticed that? Seven in the morning till noon, and we got up at 5.30, and man, we'd been moving, and the last thing we wanted to do Friday night was go over and mark garage sale stuff. The only good thing about it was we had it inside because it was, our house was empty because we'd moved, and so, so anyway, what we have this garage sale, and now I'm convinced that this is the only reason we had it. And so I, it kind of had slowed down. It was like maybe 9.30 or 10 in the morning, and we'd over the rush. And, we're, and so I'm in there in my kitchen, and you know, people are kind of milling around looking at my, at my garage sale stuff in my old kitchen and living room. And, and uh, <clears throat> so um, and I was talking to Kathy, the lady that works for uh, Louise Clayton. And uh, she was standing here beside me. I was talking to her, and this lady, this black lady, walked up and I just looked over at her and I'm telling you if you knew this is not me this is so out of character for me to say this I said you are so pretty and I do not tell people I don't know that they're pretty I mean I just don't and I said you are so pretty and she just got all emotional and she walked over to me. Oh, thank you for, oh, she said, you just don't know. And she's just like real emotional about it. And she said, I feel so self-conscious because I've got these spots on my face because I've been diagnosed with lupus. And she said, so I, and, and I said, this is not me. I said, the Lord wants to heal you. He doesn't want you to have that lupus. That came from the devil. He wants to heal you. I said, are you a Christian? She said, yes. I said, you are a covenant woman. You are not supposed to have this. And man, I am just going off on this lady. I mean, and this is in, there's other people in the garage sale. And I am just, I am not just being bold. I am aggressive. I've nearly got her pinned to the ground. Now, I didn't pray for her because, and here's something real important. Because you'd think, Debbie, just lay hands on her and pray for her and believe God to heal her. No. Jesus did not ever pray for people until he could get them in faith. And she was not in faith. If I had prayed for her, it would have hurt her faith because she wouldn't have got anything. Because she didn't believe. I have to get this woman to a point of faith. And that's why Jesus, when the Gospels, when he ministered to people, he always asked them questions. You know, he would say, he would ask them something. He was always trying to locate their faith to see if they were in faith. Because if they're in faith, he can get them healed. If they're not in faith, he can't. Lots of people are just way too quick to pray for the sick. 
And the sick aren't in faith. The sick aren't going to get healed. And you've hurt their faith instead of helped them. Because then they go, well, must not be God's will. And you just didn't get them in faith yet. You've got to teach the people the word sometimes. So, man, I am like aggressive on this woman. I am like a chicken on a June bug. I am just like on her, telling her, you know, you are a covenant woman. This is a trespasser in your body. You are not supposed to have this. God does not want you to have this. This is from the devil. And, and, and so, you know, and she like gets emotional and she says, I, I, I got to go. And she's got a little girl. And so she starts leaving. And she's like wanders off. And so I just go on talking to Kathy. But you know what? She came back. It's like, I got to get another little taste of that. Man, the woman needed hope. Her, if I come to find out, her sister had died of lupus when she was 21 years old. Lupus is a very serious disease. And so she came back for some more. <laughs> she wanted some more. So I'm telling her, I mean, I am saying, listen, John 10, 10, she says, she told me, she said, well, you know, I, I kind of, you know, feel like that, that God knows best and that, you know, that, that He has a purpose and, and, you know, and that He allowed this and that I might be a better person. You know, she's given me that. And I'm saying, no. And I'm John 10, 10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And, 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 I, and Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. This is not abundant life. This feels like the devil, doesn't it? And, you know, she's agreeing. Yeah, it does feel like the devil and everything and I had not really got her real convinced I mean she was kind of still like well yeah but you know and and she's like this and I said and I looked over and there's a little girl over there playing with a computer we had for sale and I said is that your daughter and she said yes and I said if you wanted to make her a better person would you put lupus on her or some disease on her and she said no and I said well God is your heavenly father and he is not a child abuser and man I am just I'm telling you I'm talking to her and Colin and Eric are clearing the entryway we had our checkout stand standing up set up in the entryway and they can hear me in the kitchen and I am I am on this woman you know and uh, so then I just opened my kitchen drawer got out a piece of paper and wrote word of life church 365th Street and said, come to this church and hear more. And uh, so um, I'll be watching for her. Amen. God wants to heal her. So much so, because I promise you, I told, I used to be, well, I used to call myself the garage sale queen. I had three or four every year. I loved to have garage sales. Michael always said, we buy it retail and sell at garage sale. <laughs> I did. Boy, I tell you, I, but about you know, two years or so before we left Seminole, I just like, boy, I tell you, one time I, ha I had one, it's like there was no anointing for that. And I said, never again. That's it. No more. When we moved, I didn't even have one. Whenever, I have never had one since. But it's like God wanted me. He had a, the, he knew where that woman would be. Amen. He knew where, he knew she'd come. Amen. He wanted, he loves her so much. Amen. He loves her so much that he would inconvenience me with a garage sale. Are you willing to be inconvenienced? Amen. 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 He loves her. She, see, she's the precious fruit of the earth. Harvest is not just getting people saved. Harvest is helping people. Harvest is getting people into abundant life. Harvest is to keep her from dying and leaving a little girl without a mother. Amen. Amen. But my point is, is that was so totally unlike me. 
But something came over me. Something came over me. It was a boldness. I knew then, this is not me, this is the Lord. But in the prayer room this morning, the Lord spoke to me. He said, this kind of, this kind of thing is going to start coming on all my people that will let it. And he said, it's aggressive boldness. Because I want my harvest. I want the precious fruit of the earth. God can't use our tongues to witness like that. To, for Him to put His words in our mouth if our tongue's not healed. If we've got wrong stuff coming out of our mouth. Amen? And so... In verse 11 and 12 there, he says, Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Tonight, I want to talk about some of the bitter water that could come out of our mouth. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? This is so important because it's a principle of the kingdom, this next verse. So can no fountain... He said, no fountain. He didn't say, oh, sometimes. See, you can, if you don't have your mouth healed, you can go out witnessing, but you won't have any fruit. Why? Because you won't get the anointing. No fountain. No fountain can yield both salt water and fresh. No fountain. Oh, you can preach. You can talk about the Word, but you won't see much fruit. Why? Because your mouth's not healed. You're defiling things with your mouth at other times. You're using your mouth to defile, and then you go out and try to witness there won't be any anointing. God wants our mouth healed. Amen? Well, here's some things He wants it healed of. Let me give you some things. Of course, I, the obvious thing would be cursing. That would be one that would be obvious. But I don't even want to talk about that tonight, because, see, I grew up knowing you weren't supposed to curse. I didn't know much about anything. We didn't really what you'd call study the Bible. We went and heard preaching. I don't know. But, you know, I knew people weren't supposed to curse. I just knew that was wrong, didn't you? Amen. Amen. But we need to get control of that. Get that under. Get healed of that if that's there. And then the last couple of weeks we've talked about not defiling by speaking negative things over our own selves. By confessing negative circumstances. Or by doing what Colin said in the offering. By, by you know, uh, by believing one thing and saying something else. Amen. So we've gotten healed of that. I hope the last two weeks you've gotten healed and you've quit saying Negative things about yourself. Amen. You're speaking faith. You're speaking faith about your body. You're speaking faith about your relationships. You're speaking faith about your finances. Amen. Because see, the spirit of faith believes and it also speaks. Amen. But here's some more diseases of the tongue for us to get rid of. Number one, excessive talking. This is so common among Christians that it's accepted as normal. But it's not. Excessive talking. Proverbs 10 verse 19 says, When words are many, sin is not absent. But he who holds his tongue is wise. We can talk too much, can't we? Now I know everybody doesn't have this problem, but I tell you, I have, I have met people that had a problem with excessive talking. Here's what we say about people like that, or my husband say. He says, that woman, she breathes through her ears. In other words, she don't even pause long enough to take a breath. Sometimes he'll say that. I know I had a friend uh, uh, in Seagraves where I grew up. And he said, that woman, she breathes through her ears. And she did. She just, 
mindlessly clattered. She was a Christian. We need to get healed of that. That's a disease of the tongue. You know, God can't use us when we're like that. Because one reason is because everybody we walk up to, we just start running off at the mouth. If the Holy Ghost wanted to speak to us and say, tell that woman she's pretty, he didn't, I didn't hear him say that. It just kind of rose up out of me. I just looked at her and thought, she's beautiful. And so I thought, I don't know why I told her. But if we're just running... We're not going to hear it. Those things are not going to happen. Opportunities are going to pass us by. Amen? Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 1 and 2 warns us not to... Let's look there. You may not have seen this. Ecclesiastes, right after Proverbs. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. It says, Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God, and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. He's talking, the sacrifice of fools is somebody that runs off at the mouth all the time, even when they're talking to God. He said, don't be so talkative when you go to the house of God and when you're talking to God. We need to listen sometimes. Sometimes people, when they pray, they just run off at the mouth. Now, we've taught y'all to pray different than that around here. We've taught you to listen to the Holy Spirit, to watch and pray. Look down in your spirit. Listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying and say those things instead of just, Oh, Father, you just know the situation and you just know how she's acted and you know what she said to me. And, Father, you know I just can't take any more of this. And, I just, you know, sometimes we just pray. We just, you know, we're just clattering when we pray. Instead of going before the Father and watching and praying. Watching and praying means to not watch around, look around at the walls. It's talking about watching in your spirit and listening to what the Holy Spirit will say and then saying those things when we pray. Speaking out things under the anointing that need to be said under the anointing. Speaking things out that need to be said under the anointing. You know, this morning when Pastor ended the service, and I, I pro- you, if you weren't here, or even if you were, if you've got any poverty in you, or if you're believing any for prosperity, that's the best message on prosperity I ever heard in my life. Amen. I mean, we ought to listen to it over and over and over again. Amen. And at the end of the service, it was just like, I heard these words. This was, these are anointed words. When we say things that come from in here, they change things. When we say things that come from here, nothing happens. And I heard this. I've never heard it before. We were talking about being our, the Lord supplying, and I just this just popped out of my mouth. Super supplied. I said, God, I know that's from heaven. Super supplied. Amen. Amen. Super supplied. Thank you, Jesus. So excessive talking. Number two, a disease of the tongue we need to be healed of is idle or careless words. Now, there's several different kinds of things this could apply to. One is just trivia. You know, sometimes we just, you know, just idle words, just talking about things that don't count for anything, that don't mean for anything, don't mean anything. Idle words. I get real bored when I'm with people and we just are talking about idle things. When I'm with my friends or when I'm with people, I want to talk about the Word or significant things. I don't even mind talking about their lives and stuff. But I don't want to... You know, I've come home before and said, you know, that was a waste of time because all we did was just talk about surface prattle. 
You know, just, you know, we didn't, we didn't get anywhere. We didn't, we didn't help each other. You know, I ought to be increased when I'm with people. When you're with your friends, you ought to be increased. Or you ought to have increased them and helped them. But, you know, and I'm not talking about it that it hurts to have fun. But if it's always real surface, if it's always just, well, you know, how was the weather? Well, how are your kids doing? Well, you know, you know, and you know what I'm talking about when it's always, you know, hey, I don't have time. To, to go and spend time with people and let's just talk about the weather. I'm too busy for that. I don't know about you. i got to accomplish something. So that's idle words that we need to get rid of, rid of. Trivia, the things that just clutter the mind. Then also exaggeration. Exaggeration is unnecessary emphasis. I mean, did you ever come in and say, oh, I tell you, I saw a whatever, and it was as big as a mountain. You know, you're really trying to get your, uh, oh, or you come in and you say, oh, and your husband say, oh, did you buy a new dress? Yes, it was a, oh, it was a super bargain. It was so, you know, I mean, Parisian is having a big sale. You know, we, sometimes we exaggerate things for emphasis. We need to get that out of our mouth. Now, sometimes people have a bigger problem in it than others. I mean, it's one thing to say Parisian had a big sale, but then sometimes people get in and start exaggerating things where it nearly borders on lying. Do you know what I mean? Amen. You know, oh, we can exaggerate. You know, boss, I'm late to work today. You know, traffic was really heavy today. Or, you know, I've done this before, so I'll just be honest. I felt this way before. You know, got up a little late, really just messed around, didn't, and was running late to work. Run into a funeral or something and think, oh, good. I can tell them there was a funeral on the way to church or on the way to work. Thinking, oh, good, now I've got an excuse. But, you know, really and truly, it wasn't a funeral at all. It was, it was really because I didn't get up out of bed in time. Yeah, it's real hard to walk up and tell the boss, man, I just hit that snooze button one too many times. This <laughs> if you knew that you had to tell your boss that, you'd have your little rear out of the bud so fast because <laughs> you wouldn't want to tell him that. You wouldn't want to tell him that. We don't need to exaggerate, do we? We don't need to exaggerate at all. Hallelujah. We need to get our mouth healed of exaggeration. Another thing of idle words or careless words is lying. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 6. Now, you know, sometimes we get out there and we just tell a ball-faced lie. Or if we're a Christian, what we do is we tell a little white lie. You know, we come in and say, I don't want to work in the nursery anymore and we don't tell somebody the real reason, we tell a little white lie to spare Miss Debbie or whoever. We don't say, because I've got a bad attitude and I'm backslid. We don't say that. We say, well, you know, I've just been so busy here lately. Don't we do that? Don't we as Christians sometimes tell... Thank you, Kevin. Well, would y'all like to come over for supper Friday night? Well, I, um, I think we're having company. White lie. Listen, they're all black. <laughs> 
They're all black. It is very serious. Lying is a very serious thing. The Bible says there will not be any liars that inherit the kingdom of God. Family, we got to get a check on it. we got to get it repented of, get it cleared out of our life. Have we all done it? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. we got to teach our children not to lie. Amen. Amen. we got to teach our children not to lie. It's work sometimes, I tell you. It's work. And children are naturally liars. You say, not my little darling. Yes. I was a good little girl. I promise you I was. I could lie. I know one time I stole something one time. I was about five years old, went to the grocery store, and I just got me a plum. And my mom just happened to buy the same kind of plums. And so when we got home, I'm eating this plum, and she said, where'd you get that plum? And I said, I don't know what I said, but she counted them, and she knew how many she bought. So she marched me. She said, you are going back in that grocery store, and you are paying for that plum. She was going to break me of that, lie, of that stealing thing. So she took me up there. She made one mistake, though. She didn't go in with me. So I had, now, you know, I don't know, this, this, I, I don't think this, 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 this clerk in this grocery store, she wasn't real quick. Because I went in and said, my mom accidentally got too many plums, and she wants me to, <laughs> to pay for one. <laughs> and this clerk was going, what? We weigh them. I mean, you know, you know, because so I was five. I didn't know they weighed the plums, you know, and, you know. And she just said, she couldn't figure it out, so she just said, honey, you know, and so I went out. And so, you know what I told my mom? Lie number two. She wouldn't let me pay for it. <laughs> okay, so we got, you know. But I did learn my, I mean, it was pressure enough on me. I did learn my lesson even through it. I didn't ever, ever, ever steal anything again, ever. Listen, your little blessing will steal. Your little blessing will lie. I've worked in Christian school. I have caught every kid in our school cheating. I know, I, I mean, in that particular, I, I knew how to, I knew what to watch for. You could spot them, and they, everyone tried it. My kids cheated. <laughs> Didn't you? <laughs> admit it. Right in front of the whole church, admit it. <laughs> you did. I know they did. <laughs> Not only that, they forged my name to... Because we had to have homework slips. If you had homework, you had to have your homework slip signed. If they forgot, Colin would forge my name. I found this out like two years ago or three. He would forge my name. Your little blessing will do the same thing. The rod of correction drives it out. The rod of correction drives it out. You can't teach a kid, now honey, we don't lie. No, you got to beat the thunder out of them. Amen. you got to beat the thunder out of them. Amen. Now, honey, you know, people want to reason with kids. Kid, kids are not reasonable. Amen. If, it don't, if, it, if there's not punishment for it, they will do it again. Amen. They will do it again. There won't be any liars inherit the kingdom of God, the Word says. You can't work God's system and lie. You can't work God's system and tell little white lies. Amen. Amen. We need to get lying out of our... You know, one time I lied to a church member when we were in, uh, pastors in Seminole. 
This was early on in the ministry. It wasn't a very significant thing. I mean, some lady asked me something, and I just told a white lie. The Holy Ghost got all over me. The Holy Ghost made me call her. Well, he didn't. I mean, you know, he's like, you call her. You tell her you lied. It'll break you. Amen. You'll never lie again. When you know the Holy Ghost is not going to let you, you're not going to, you're going to, walk around with your heart grieved under conviction until you call your church member up and say, I'm sorry, I lied to you. You don't lie anymore. Amen. Now, I, I, hey, I have no problem saying, I can't tell you that. If, you, if somebody asks you something, just say, I can't tell you that. Or I'm not at liberty to say. Because, you know, everything I know, I can't tell somebody. Amen. Amen. You ever have anybody ask you, how much did you pay for your car? Listen, instead of lying, say, none of your business. I know you can say it real nice. I mean, you say, I love you, but that's none of your business. And I just don't want to give that information out. And listen, while I'm on it, don't ask anybody. Don't ask anybody what they paid for anything. Now, I mean, you know, we're not talking about, you know... Somebody, well, how much are Cokes at Thriftway? We're not talking about that. You know, we're not talking about that, but we're talking about when people make major purchases or, you know, how much did you pay for that dress? Don't ask people things like that. And we're not talking about something between you and your daughter or something like that. You know what kind of relationship you have with people where you can talk about like that. If my mom asked me what I paid for anything, I wouldn't mind telling her. Amen? But we're, So you know what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about just people that it's none of your business. That you don't have that kind of relationship with. And I'm talking about you don't have to tell people everything they ask you. Amen? But you don't have to lie. Amen. Make them be on the spot instead of you. Amen? Well, I'm helping you here. Hallelujah. Okay. Then, unkept commitments is another idle or careless words. Now, I tell you, promise, honestly and truthfully, of all the idle words that I think the church needs to get out of their mouth, this one's the one. We are so free. We say, y'all come see us. Okay, we will. Unkept commitments. We're going to come see y'all. Unkept commitments. I mean, I'm convicted myself. Listen, if we say we're going to do something for people, we ought to do it. We're going to do this for y'all. And we just never get around. Well, you know, we intend to. But listen, family, if you want your words to be effective when you go to speaking, bless God, money cometh to me. If you want them to be effective, then you can't be wishy-washy with them you got to be, you got to let your yay be yay and your nay be nay on those other things. If you tell somebody you'll be there at 8 o'clock, bless God, be there. Or call and, 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 and tell them you're not coming. 
If you tell somebody you're going to give something to them, then give it. Now, a lot of people are very emotional. There's a personalities that are more emotional. And they get excited about things. Oh, yes, praise God, we can do that. Oh, yeah, y'all come over. Oh, yeah, we'll do this. And they don't have good follow-through. Listen, we got to keep our commitments. We got to keep our commitments to men, and we got to keep our commitments to God. Men, if you told your wives you'd do something, then do it. You'll ruin your marriage if you told her, Yeah, I'll take you out to eat tonight, honey. But then you come dragging in and say, Well, you know, I, I, I got another customer. No, you keep your commitments. God will honor it. God will honor it. He'll honor it. You keep your commitments, wives. Amen. Amen. I mean, what's what we got to do? That's what we got to do. Now, some of us probably need to repent right here and say, Father, you know, there's some commitments that I hadn't kept. Listen, if you tell somebody you're going to give something, if you tell a ministry you're going to be a monthly partner with them, and then if you did it, then be a monthly partner with them. And when you get through being a monthly partner with them, like for instance, say you do it and you say you go a year and a half and then all of a sudden you just don't really feel like you're supposed to be a monthly partner with them anymore, write them a letter and tell them, you know, I just no longer am going. Don't just not show up. Did you know ministries are counting on that monthly income just like you count on your paycheck coming from your father, from, from your boss? You count on that. Amen. Their ministries count on that. They make their plans based on their partner base. And they need to know if we're not going to do it. What Pastor and I started doing is when we make the commitment to be a partner with somebody, we make a commitment, we say, for one year. Because, you know, I don't want to commit forever, maybe. God may lead me to another ministry. He's done that before, where I committed and then he, you know, and then he led me to another ministry. When you've committed for one year and you start in January, you're free on December 31st, aren't you? Amen? Y'all are looking at me like a dog with a new pan. Did y'all not know we were supposed to keep our word? Amen. Amen. No, it just hits home, doesn't it? Because we all just get too free with our mouths. Oh, we're going to do something. How many parents, I'm not going to, not in here, but how many parents have you known of that said, oh, now, when you get 18, I'll do this for you. When you graduate from high school, I'm going to do this for you. When you, when our, our grandparents that have said, now, I'm going to buy this for you when, you when you do this, and then didn't follow through on it. Family, we got to have follow through. we got to have follow through. I tell you what, if you have committed to something and then you can't do it, you need to go ask to be released from it. you got to ask to be released. I've done it. We've done it before. Pastor and I have done it before. One time we were in a meeting, uh, and, uh, you know, they were asking for, like, pledges to their ministry. And, you know, sometimes you can get caught up in the hype. I mean, and, and not that this is a bad ministry thing. It's a very good ministry, a ministry we still love. But we committed to something, a, a, a vow to something, to that ministry. And when we got home, we realized that God wasn't in it, that it was just our emotions. So we, caught, we wrote them and we asked them to release us from the vow. And they did. God, that's the right way to handle it. 
Ask God to forgive us when we've been rash with our mouth and ask Him to forgive us. Ask Him, and then ask the people to release us. Amen? Praise God. When you owe somebody money, you need to keep your word. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Unkept commitments. The Bible says there are seven things detestable to God, and one of them is a lying tongue. Amen? So we'll go on. Enough said there. Listen, I will tell you this about lying. Well, this will hit the church. Uh, the words you sing, God's holding you just as accountable for as the words you say. How many people have sung, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, Lord, no turning back. And then turned right back. Listen, God's holding us accountable for sung words as well as spoken words. Amen? Okay, the third thing we need our tongue healed from is gossip. We're responsible not to give it out and not to receive it. We're just as much of a gossip as we receive it. Now, I've, I've met a lot of Christians who were too nosy. They, were, they weren't so much of a gossip as they were, they always had their ear to the ground. They were always trying to know more than they needed to know. Amen? Amen? Listen, if you're a hearer as well as a giver, we've got to get that cleaned out of our life. God wants to use our tongue in harvest. Amen? Praise God. I hadn't heard any gossip in this church, so praise God, we're not going to stay on that one. Number four, flattery. We need to get our tongue healed from flattery. Flattery is saying words with an impure motive behind the words. In other words, we tell somebody something because we are trying to get favor with them. We're trying to win them over to our side. We're trying to get them to like us. We're trying to get them to be friends with us. Those really aren't bad things to want to be friends with somebody. But when, we are, when we're flattering them, trying to get them to like us, it's wrong. So when we compliment people or tell people, we need to be sincere about it. We need to give those words without caring if it does anything. Amen? Okay, let's go on. And the, the fifth thing is hastiness of speech. Just being too quick to talk. Too quick to talk. Did you ever answer back too quick before you thought? Well, I tell you. Well, I tell you, I'm preaching to myself tonight. Jump into conclusions. Any of us ever jump to conclusions? Any of us ever overreact? We talked about that this week. Overreacting in our family. Jumping to conclusions. Cutting people off. My husband, I tell you, now that's one thing he is so wonderful at, is he always just waits. Just get out there and Jump to conclusions. That's not the best way, is it? Be hasty of speech. God wants us to have our tongues healed. Amen. The Bible says in James, we read it, that the natural man can't tame his own tongue. But you know what, family? You're not natural man. You're supernatural man. Amen. We sang, you know, our musicians, they're led of the Spirit tonight. We sang the whole answer. The first song, first rattle out of the box. Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. I would venture to say that you're not anything like you were five years ago. I bet you're not anything like you were a year ago. 
I'm not anything like I was when I came from, and I thought I was kind of okay, but when I came from Texas, I'm like a whole different person. I figure in two more years, I'll be a whole nother person still. Why? You just like you, Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in me. Amen. Got the Word on the inside. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that the Word, that we are washed by the water of the Word. If you want your tongue washed, just get in the Word and start speaking it. It'll wash your tongue. Amen. And there's a supernatural boldness. You know, I really figure that, you know, we, we pro we, God wouldn't have had me preach this if we didn't need a little fine-tuning. But I'm not preaching this from the perspective of, boy, everybody in here, they're bad, they're bad to the bone, and they, you know, and they need an overhaul. No, I figure we need a fi little fine-tuning on our tongue. That we've had Jesus on the inside of us, working on the outside so much, that most of this stuff is cleared out already. Just sometimes need a little reminder. Sometimes need a little reminder not to let our tongue slip and slip back to some old ways. See, the old man will try to rise up, won't he? He'll try to rise up if we don't keep him pushed down. Amen. You got Jesus on the inside working on the outside. Amen. As you speak the word and as you pray in tongues, your mouth will change. Your mouth will change. If you need to repent of anything, then do it. Repentance is not something we do every once in a while. Repentance should be something. We live a life of repentance. We are so in tune with our Father and the Holy Ghost. If we say something wrong or do something wrong, we, we should be instantly repenting. So, I mean, some people only repent when, you know, the preacher, you know, gives one of those hellfire and brimstone messages and, and, you know, says, repent. No, we are living in, we have a vital living relationship with our Heavenly Father. If I grieve Him today, I want to repent. I want to be clean all the time. I say things wrong. I do wrong things with my mouth. I, 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 I hasty to speak. Boy, I gotta, you know, I have to keep a check on that. And you have your areas. It's easy to lie if you hate confrontation. If you'd, ha if you'd rather do anything than have confrontation, then the devil's going to set you up to have to be in a place where you, <laughs> you know. Amen. Amen? Just repent. Just repent. God's not here tonight saying trying to condemn us. He's trying to bless us. Amen. He wants our mouth out there in the harvest. He wants to be able to use you to bring forth sweet water. Saving, clear, sweet water. Out of your innermost being to flow a river of living water to help people. Amen. Aggressive boldness is coming on you. Amen. Let's stand up together tonight. Will you receive that tonight? Will you receive that a, a new... that a, that?